type. I live on top of a pyramid. Yes, you heard me right. I live on top of the pyramid. Well, I, I think you guys have seen the pyramids, right? Uh, you know, the, the pyramid, uh, like in Giza or in Egypt, and um, also there are pyramids in Mexico. Do you guys know that? Well, and you guys know that I'm kind of being metaphorical in, in all this, right? No, of course I don't live in a pyramid. Otherwise, I would be a mummy, right? And I would be a zombie. <laughs> uh, by the way, my name is Misha, and I can assure you I am neither Egyptian or Mexican or even a zombie. Um, but growing up in my world, I was living on top of the pyramid. Now, you probably have seen the pictures of pyramid or you probably have gone there yourself. And you see their pyramids, they, they have different sizes. There are big ones and there are small ones. Well, mine was rather small. However, as a 12-year-old, this small pyramid looks extremely huge in my view. And as a kid, I didn't see any other pyramids around me, so this one really stands out. Our family moved to Sungaigro, uh, near Palembang, that is, in the mid-70s, way, way, way before all of you were born. I, I was uh, uh, on the fifth grade when, when I moved there. Sungaigro is a small city, and... Um, it is, it is a small housing complex. Uh, everyone that works for the oil refinery, they are housed in that complex. And um, everyone uh, that is working in the same company, they live in the same com uh, community. And most of my friends, all our parents are, are part of this company. It's, it's a small community. It's like just small bubble right there. So, in my world, um, I can see that my house is bigger than everybody else's house. So right away, I can see that, you know, I'm on top of the pyramid. And I understood the social strata, the social setup of that community. And that's why I said, I live on top of the pyramid. Um, you might think, wow, Pastor Misha is showing off. Well, yeah, it's fair to say that, and I, I, but but I want to explain this so that when we talk about Jesus first today, you can see the stark contrast, and you will understand where I am coming from. Let's pray, Father. I pray today as I share your message that you will speak to everyone that listens in today. I pray that your Holy Spirit will minister and I pray that your word, that the Bible will become alive in us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, my parents were not churchgoers. We are one of those who, you know, come to church maybe, you know, every other month or, or maybe Christmas or, or Easter something like that. And my dad had a saying, uh, there are two kinds of people who are living in his house. There are the ones who work hard and make the money, and there are those who 
pray and go to church. And he underlines the fact that he is the one who works hard and make the money. And it would be ideal story if I say my mom is the one who goes to church and pray, but that wasn't the case. Sundays for mom is golf day. And in fact, both of them, they love golf so much. So uh, most of the time, uh, Sundays are not a, a, a church day. Um, the one that the praise in the family actually is my grandma. And I don't really know how she met Christ, but she made me and my brothers read the Bible before we go to sleep. Her influence was not really clear to me. It's kind of a blurry part of my past. Of course, as a kid, Bible has, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't care about Bible. My grandma praying is like, oh, that's kind of boring. I have no interest in her spiritual relationship with Christ. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly who made me go to Sunday school back in the kindergarten. Um, perhaps my grandma did, and perhaps my parents did. I don't remember anything about who made it, made me to go, but I was happy to go. Uh, and you know why I was happy to get to go? It's because of arts and crafts. Yes, arts and crafts. It's the cutting and gluing that makes me want to keep going. Um, there is an activity in the class. The teacher will give a piece of paper, and in that piece of paper, there's a bunch of praying hands, and I'm supposed to cut it out. And then there's another piece of paper where there is a silhouette of that, that praying hand. And so the one that I cut out, I need to glue it on that piece of paper. So every single Sunday, uh, I have to keep, uh, you know, and, and it works as, you know, like a, an attended sheep. And I was driven. I really like it. And not only I really like it, I want to make sure my paper has the fullest spraying hand. See, it wasn't Jesus first. It was cutting and gluing first. One, first uh, John four verse nineteen says, "We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. What do you think? What does that mean to you? What does it say to you today? We love because he first loved us. Had I not sat in that Sunday school Sunday school class, be it for the wrong reasons, I would not know what the love of Christ is. Had I not said and read the Bible, be it for the wrong reasons, uh, before, uh, before bed, I, I would not know the love of Christ. How can I know the love of Christ if he doesn't show and reveal himself? How can I make him first in my life if he hasn't revealed himself to me first? First John 4.19 reminded us that God did it first. It seems like a demand on us or a request that we must do this, but in reality, it's not a demand. 
Instead, he was compelling us because he has done it first and he is wanting us to do it in response. He showed himself to us first. He revealed to us who he is first and he demonstrated his love on Calvary to us, for us first. Back to the pyramid. My life, because of my dad's position, was a comfortable and carefree life. Everything was provided for. All my basic needs are met. There are no sense of hardship or lacking of anything. Our house were fully air-conditioned 24-7. And in those days, that's a major luxury. And for me, I have my own room. I don't have to share it with anyone. My brother, after he went to high school in Jakarta, I have the room to myself. And in our garage, um, we, have, we have two cars. And you think, two cars? You know, what's the big deal? In a small town, who needs cars, right? I can bike anywhere. It doesn't require a car to go anywhere. Um, and, and for recreation, next door to my house, there's an Olympic-sized swimming pool. And whenever I want to go there, I can just go there. There are no fees. The company pays for it. And should I ever get sick, I can just go to the hospital, show my family ID, and I can receive, and I can see the doctor. And if I need medicine, I can just get it because it's all free. But more interesting uh, than all of this is being the son the boss. <laughs> no one dares to touch me. Uh, everyone just tiptoe around me and people are extremely friendly to me because of my dad. I am the prince. <laughs> if any of my friends would hurt me in any way, if they insult me or they bully me, it will significantly impact their parents' jobs. So no one wants to cause trouble against me. And I don't have to show, flex muscles, show off anything. It's, everything is just already established in that community. Uh, however, as a kid, I was not aware of all these things. I have no idea how good I had it all the comfort and all the facilities, it wasn't a big deal for me. Um, deep inside, I was still feeling there is something missing. All this extra attention, extra care, extra niceness that the ohms and tantas showed to me, I, I actually hate it. It's annoying. I feel like people are just sucking up. Uh, people just like doing this because, because of my dad. I view everything with suspicion. I don't know if people are genuine with me or not. And, and teenagers, you guys know it, right? When adults are just putting a front, a front you know it exactly. And I was like that too when I was a teenager like you guys. I know exactly when adults were just like putting a front. And I, com I completely hated that. 
So as I go through this seemingly quiet and comfortable life, deep inside, as a teenager, I was hungry for something more. I did not know what this craving was all about. All I knew that the privileges and the special treatments did not satisfy me. And honestly, being on top of the pyramid did not make me happy. One day when I was biking uh, from my best friend's house, I got really scared because a thunder strike nearly 10 meters away from me. I was startled. I was scared. I am feeling unprotected. I am feeling vulnerable. As I pedaled really hard, as I raced to my house, my mind was also racing. What if it, what if the, the thunder strikes again? What's going to happen to me? That moment, I made a snap decision to follow Christ. Now, you might think, oh, that's, that's silly. That's just way too fast to make that decision to follow Christ. But at that instant, everything that I have experienced from my even younger days, reading the Bible, all the experience of, of going to Sunday school, formulate one thing. There is only one person that can save me, and that is Christ. And I felt that urgency to make that to make Christ first in that instant, because at that time, nothing else mattered. Not school, not career in the future, not any kind of dream. Nothing really matters. Only Christ matters at that split second. And I made him first at that split second. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only, one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. That whoever believes in him shall not perish. In that moment of urgency, this verse speaks loudly to me. It brings clarity. There is only one thing that matters in my life, and that is Christ. And there is only one person that can save me, and that is Christ. Lately, I've been watching a lot of Korean dramas. And oftentimes, when a girl likes a boy, or when a boy likes a girl, it takes so long to confess, to even say, I like you. And sometimes it takes like six, seven episodes for the boy to say to the girl, I like you. And it takes another six and seven episodes to say, I love you. I want to be with you. And you, you guys know this, right? It's hard to confess, right? It's hard to confess. It's, it's hard to say to the girl, I like you because we fear that the other side will not respond to us. We fear that the other side will just hang in, uh, not going to say anything, just keep it quiet and leave us hanging. And that would be a scary thought and even more scary if the girl that we confess to, instead of um, saying yes, 
she tells it to her friends and her friends tell it to her friends and, and people start uh, making fun of us. And that would be a nightmare, right? You know what Jesus' nightmare is? When he looked upon that cup in Gethsemane, when he knew he would get arrested that night, when he knew he would get tortured the next morning, when he knew his friends were going to abandon him and even backstab him, and when he knew he was going to get nailed, slaughtered, and died, Knowing this, he still committed to his love. Die on the cross for you. He took the first step. We love First Johnson's because he first loved us. And today I'm asking you, where is your relationship with him? Is he first in your life? Do you put him first when you wake up? Do you think about him first when you open your eyes in the morning? Do you thank him first when you rise from your bed? Do you ask him first when you are about to make a decision? Or do you, do you converse with him on all matters first before you make a decision? Have you said yes to his love? Have you accepted him? Do you love him back? As a kid, I have enjoyed all the good things in life and all the privilege a kid could ever imagine. But that has left me empty. And by God's grace, he sent me a grandma who would introduce me to the word, to the Bible, and to Jesus and his love. I told you my story because I feel some of you might identify with my story. Life of privilege does not guarantee any happiness nor fulfillment. We all make priorities, right? We make priorities in life that are built around our happiness, security, and satisfaction. We pursue things in life that are built in the idea that we will be happy and all will go well with us. We go after high grades, good grades, good performance in school, and we, we, we set our goals in going to a good university and hopefully have a successful business or a successful career. And I want to ask you about all those things that we are pursuing and focusing on. Is that first in your life? Is that priority in your life? Or is it loving God that is priority? Is it Christ that is your priority? As a six-year-old, I thought cutting and gluing was my priority. But as a 12-year-old, by way of a thunderstrike, Everything became clear to me. Christ should be and first and is first in my life. I know you have dreams. I know you have a lot of things you want to accomplish. I know there is so much in life that you want to experience. And I'm pretty sure there's a bucket list of things that you want to do when this, once this PPKM and COVID thing is over. You have plans, places to go. 
and and with your friends and 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 have fun. Is that really that important? Is that focus? Is that the main thing in your life, or is it Christ that is first in your life? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and pray. Father, I have showed you. I have I have shared your your word. I have shared the message that you have placed in my heart. Now I pray that you will help Lord everyone that is listening in today to make an important decision to follow you. And perhaps they are still not sure. And I pray that you will help them Lord to to know that the most important thing or decision they they uh, they could ever make is just following you nothing else matters and father i pray that you will help them today to make that decision to follow you to make you first in their lives this today If you feel com- compelled to follow Christ, if you have never decided to follow Christ, I want to challenge you to make that decision to follow Christ, because nothing else in this world matters. Make Jesus first in your life, and I pray. That the Lord will help you to make that decision. I pray. If this is you, you can uh, respond in the in the chat box or respond by contacting one of the uh, Pastor Josh or or the, the other uh, people who are working in the leaders in the teens ministry and tell them about your decision, Father. I place it into your hands, especially those who decided to accept you as their Lord and Savior today. Lord, guide them, accept them, embrace them as your children, and allow them to to receive your salvation. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.